September 28, 2021. So watch for
Bob for Pedro Show. Happy Tuesday. It's deja vu all over again, people. Start off the show's centerpiece with John Coltrane, Mill Jackson, and Sam Rebelski with five minutes to zero. And because of those Estonian software engineers with their Skype invention, I have with me Sam Rebelski aboard. Welcome, Sam. Where are you talking to me from? Hey, Lower East Side of New York City. It's Samara Lubelski. Did I say that wrong again? Yeah, sure thing, but no problem. Oh, because Samara and Steph Samara. You got it. Just like with James Jamerson bass lines, man, just a little push the wrong way and you blew it. It ain't about <laughs> not as the much number notes. Here. It's not about the number notes. It's how you work those notes. And those Absolutely. Those magic sa- uh, syllables there. Samara, not Sam. Oh, sounds right. good. Okay, so your musical journey, well, First, first, well, it's not first, it's the second time that nobody else knows that. Big thanks to Bill Nace for the connect. <laughs> <laughs> okay, very interesting <laughs> music. Like I said, Deja Vu, well, actually, Yogi Berra said that shit. Right? Uh, your earliest musical memory, please break. Okay, uh, my aggressive folks had me on the violin taking lessons at age five. So it wasn't very musical, but uh, first exposure to that kind of world of learning. And sound. Okay. And then uh, next what big do you one. You mean they put the violin right in your hand at five? Yep. And a Suzuki method for a year or two. Oh, I had a guest on a few weeks ago, and it's like they like they like pounded in you, right? Yeah, it's a lot of repetition. You know, you just keep on keeping on until it uh, starts making some sort of sense in terms of sound. But you, as a five-year-old, said enough, basta. No, 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 no. It took another 11 years for that to happen. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't your decision, uh, the violin? No, okay. it was definitely not. I mean, you know, you don't know what you're getting into when you say yes, sure, to that kind of thing. Yeah, but at five, how do you know what yes is? <laughs> exactly, but, exactly. But, but uh, did you ever inquire, hey, why did you pick that instead of fucking sousaphone? Uh, you know, it became pretty clear to me because uh, my dad had studied uh, violin in high school and like oh. pretty much, su- yeah. Family thing. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, uh, you know, he pretty much sucked at it. But still to this day, I play his like high school issue violin. It's a little bit of a cigar box and it has kids' names carved into it. But uh, <laughs> that's the one I play live every time. Oh, wow. Because sometimes those kid ones are littler, right? Or smaller? Yeah, exactly. This was a full-size high school issue thing. He got that far with it. Okay, okay. Yeah, maybe I'm thinking more of little kids. Because I know as they get bigger, right, that's on purpose. So they keep the same timbre to viola, cello, even stand-up, right? Except Absolutely. A little different, though, with the stand-up force. Yeah. I mean, you got to be able to handle the thing. And if it's too big, you know... It becomes difficult. No, what I meant was the intervals, fourths instead of fifths. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yes, you're absolutely right. We share with the uh, Chitari. <laughs> okay, <laughs> with you guys, with those uh, fifth ones, man, they uh, the uh, more drama between the strings with the jumps. Totally. Uh, yeah, yeah. And maybe they wanted us more clustered and close <laughs> with the fourths. Yeah, know. but I don't, don't know, know what that's about, but me yeah. Either, me either, me either. All I know is that's why they're kind of the same shape. And, that, and yeah. why there's no fucking saxophones in the symphonies. Yeah, they're just, all notes aren't created equal, even though our highest ideals aspire to that. 
I know. Well, I don't think the saxophone was around when they first started doing those symphonies. It wasn't quite around yet, maybe. Yeah, but it's a cousin of the... Uh, I've seen the first some of the first ones built at the Music Museum in Brussels. And Adolf Sachs, I, I, his brother was making clarinet, so it's a cousin of that. But they could have made room. Shit. <laughs> anyway, anyway, we don't get my gallon on tangent. Uh, first record you bought with your own money? Uh, the Beatles' second album. Wow. A double album. That's a lot of money. And... Uh, First gig you saw? Uh, you know, really, first gig I saw, my parents, uh, you know, took us to see some classical music, uh, some Beethoven stuff out of town. So that would have been that. Like, my first conscious memory of hearing, like, uh, Beethoven's Ninth in the bath background while we waited in line to go to the bathroom. <laughs> you know, M Raymond uh, told me once, you know, what bass solos are for for that job right there that you were doing. <laughs> anyway, I think that ninth is the fucking it's anthem for Germany or something. Something. Yeah, something. Something. So, uh, at school... Uh, for, but but first gig that I dragged someone else to, like my father, and I was like, please take me to this. It was probably like Sticks or Cheap Trick oh, yeah, at Madison yeah. Square Garden. Good bands. Okay. Now, um... I had a landlord. His one of his favorite bands was Sticks. <laughs> I'm sorry. Because he said, uh, but he's a beautiful guy. But he had this weird thing. He thought they were the best band to eat L and see a game. <laughs> he said, "Oh, the big flower opened up. Each dude had a pedal." Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Vince Perkov, great, great cat. I loved him. No longer with us. Uh, can I ask you about the Suzuki thing? Was outside of school. Absolutely, okay. yeah. Okay, so in school, were you in the choir or the marching band or shit like that? Uh, in junior high, I was in the stage band and the regular band playing tuba in the regular band and bass, electric bass in the stage band. Wow, okay, because I thought your bass thing was with, for thirst, so you, you go way back with bass, okay. Yeah, but I mean, I was terrible, truly terrible, but uh, I had a little bit more of a background because the violin thing, so I was the best they could do. But you did tuba, and that's bass clef. Totally. Yeah. Big mouthpiece. Yes, yes. So lot, you need a lot of air. Yeah, but I heard ma marching band is good, that and the bone, because as you're walking along, like that little shit like trumpet, and especially French horn, it keeps bouncing off your lips and shit. Um, <laughs> so, so what about the thing after school? Not graduating, but in the afternoon, the garage band, basement band, uh, you know, bedroom band. Did you do that? Um, yeah, I started pretty early. I mean, the thing about growing up in like in New York City and Manhattan is like the hardcore thing was everywhere. Um, you couldn't really duck it. You're um, talking crow mags and the agnostic front. Exactly. And I, it wasn't really my thing, but so my various, very earliest, like trying to dabble and stuff would have been like a kind of more punk thing, um, which didn't work out. And then I ended up joining a band for real when I was like 17, which came more out of my hanging out in clubs and all that stuff. You're hanging out in clubs at 17? I'm hanging out in clubs at 15. Damn. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, 21 wasn't the legal drinking age at that point. It was still 18, but it didn't matter. You just got a fake ID and you dressed right and they let you in for free. No problem. Yeah. Uh, so, so like, no, 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 no jam bands in, in, well, there ain't no garages. Well, there's some, but 
not on Manhattan. Uh, well, no, maybe we, up we by get... uh, the boathouse, right? That Columbia boathouse. I remember uh, Jim Dunbar had a, I think it's called Seaman, the last street. You know, you could see Broadway. It's way up high to get over. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, I'm a, I'm a strictly downtown girl. Yeah, right, right, so, right. so uh, no garages. So so it, it'd have to be like a bedroom band. Yeah. Or a basement. Or a basement. basement. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Lots of basements. Ah, so you did a lot of that. And, and what'd you work? Uh, the violin? Yeah. First band. Uh, we released two EPs and uh, we actually recorded at Martin BC's spot in oh, downtown Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah, which was amazing. You know, he had this wall of all the records he had recorded, and it was it was terrifying. I was there know. for evil. What was this band called, Sammer? Ah, uh, Martin Bc's band. I can't no, remember. No, your band that you recorded. Oh, sorry. Uh, of, of a mesh, we did kind of gothy. We did two EPs. Um, our guitarist was in Bronca's ensemble. Um, and we just played live constantly all over the city. Yeah, but you didn't send me any. So, But I want to play this uh, thing you did with Spencer Earth. Cool.
Surely God is good to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I nearly lost my foothold. For I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. They are free from common human burdens. They are not plagued by human ills. Therefore, pride is their necklace. They clothe themselves with violence. From their callous hearts comes iniquity. Their evil imaginations have no limits. They scoff and speak with malice. With arrogance, they threaten oppression. Their mouths lay claim to heaven, and their tongues take possession of the earth. Therefore, their people turn to them and drink up waters in abundance. They say, how would God know? Does the Most High know anything? This is what the wicked are like, always free of care. They go on amassing wealth. Surely in vain I have kept my heart pure and have washed my hands in innocence. All day long I have been afflicted and every morning brings new punishments. If I had spoken out like that, I would have betrayed your children. When I tried to understand all this, it troubled me deeply. Till I entered the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their final destiny. Surely you place them on slippery ground. You cast them down to ruin. How suddenly are they destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. They're like a dream when one awakes. When you arise, Lord, you will despise them as fantasies. When my heart was grieved and my spirit embittered, I was senseless and ignorant. I was a brute beast before you. Yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And afterward, you will take me into glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Those who are far from you will perish. You destroy all who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the Sovereign Lord my refuge. I will tell of all your deeds.
Live for Pedro show. That chunk of music started with Samuel Lubelski with Spencer Epps doing Joy Rides. Neil Turpin, brand new. The Door in the Day. He's got a new album out of Leeds. Organs, brand new. Uh, out of Northern Ireland with uh, six. Well, it's got dudes all over from Ireland. Uh, the Ophelia's, brand new. Crocus. No, no. How, yes, no. Out of Croatia with Small Talk, brand new. Brahma's Prendon from the D.C. area. True story. Samuel Lock Ward, Iowa City. Forever. And then Sam Lebelski. Samara. I know. I laughed as I said it because <laughs> I'm addicted to wrong pronounce. I fucking bullshit. What's up? What's up? <laughs> yes, what's up? Okay. Yeah, what's up? Well, let it fly. I got to tell you, there's a story about George Hurley when he met a What's his name? Dave. He's got the bitchin' name for this story, too. Uh, Wack, Wackerman? Feely's huh. percussion man? Mm. The roadie man, Barry, was telling us, yeah, he's got this rich weed does, you know, before when they get to a pad, and he anoints the stage. And that's as far as I'm going to say. So uh, he gets Georgie up in front of this guy, and this guy's got, you know, this is what I am. So Georgie's a little unbelieving, and he says, well, what, do you just twist it up? He goes, nope, I twist it off and let it fly. And, and mm. so when I saw this title, I was thinking, whoa, Georgie, Dave. So thank you for that. Uh, nice. What, what is this proj, this duet? Uh, me and a real close person. Um, I just asked him to, like, record a bunch of drum tracks for me. He's played with Messages and Raiton and Mountains of Madalama and drummer but also does a bunch of uh home four track recordings electronics mostly and uh has something coming up soon out on pat morano of no neck blues band uh fame on his label but i asked him to just lay down a bunch of percussion tracks drum tracks for me and then overlaid everything on top of that uh, okay so this is more current and stuff okay oh yeah I, yeah I this is from like yeah i didn't like know four the, years uh, ago I didn't know the chronologic, but but as far as our spiel goes, let's stay in the old days. So so you got this goth band and you play <laughs> a lot of gigs. You do some records and stuff. Do you guys yep. tour? A little bit, you know, down to Texas, uh, Pennsylvania, you know, Boston, all that stuff. The TT, the Bears, you know, back in the day. Actually, Cambridge. But, sorry. Actually, Cambridge. It's, ah, it's you're across right. the river, but it don't matter. Come on, that's like saying Wemos and Pedro right, get mixed up, especially if you're out of town. What's that river? The Charles. <laughs> I love the way <laughs> they say that, the Charles. Right? Hey, also, Brooklyn isn't New York City, you know? That's Well, it's a borough. Well, it's New York City, but it's not New York, New York. It's a borough. It's a borough. It's a borough, but Manhattan's a borough, too. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think Staten Island... <laughs> Staten Island's a borough, foreign country. Right? Yonkers, the one I never been to, only drove past. Seems like uh, a lot of uh, nature. Yeah, right, right. As you're going up the river, uh, that's when you're so, getting out. Okay, so what, what happens is with this band? It, uh, it runs its course. Uh yeah, exactly. Um, you did the two EPs, self-released. Um, one of them on a label, actually, but we did we did all the work, kind of. And then I uh, just played like every place in New York constantly, you know, CBGB's many, many times and Dance Cheerio and Irving Plaza, all of it. And then 
um, you know, I was still pretty young, finished up school, and then I was ready for something different. What um, was school? Did you pursue music in school, higher education? Uh, no, I, uh, I went to the high school of music and art, um, studied violin in the high school, and then dropped out kind of like uh, in sophomore year and went to the dropout kids school and then uh, studied history at uh, college. Okay. And uh, so do you get another band or do you start your own band? Uh, you know, I'm starting to do more and more just like playing on my no, own no, violin. No, no, I'm, I'm talking about back, back, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. After, you mean after I have a mess, right? Right, right. Yeah, I'm just like, I just start doing more and more playing again. And, uh, and then I, uh, I'm i like, I'm going to Europe. Fuck New York City. It, there's too much drugs going on here. I need a change. And then I get into a car and I break down in the car and I get pulled back to the small village. And I meet a band in this small village called Metabolismus. And uh, everything changes after that. They just kind of blew my mind and turned me on to like tons, tons of stuff. And kind of like this first, first real meeting with free music um, and that you can do free music kind of like in a more like uh, rock context if you want or whatever. In what town, what land in Europe? Uh, South Germany, a tiny village near Stuttgart, about 45 minutes outside of Stuttgart called ah, Susan. Schwarzwald. Uh, right next to the Black Forest, yeah. to the Baden-Württemberg. Okay, because I, I know Stuttgart to get there some Schwarzwald. And that's Black yeah. Forest, people. <laughs> so, but but this was fortuitous. It's a sea Absolutely. change. A sea change for you. Absolutely, yeah. This is like ninety-one, very end of ninety-one. Okay, and uh, obviously Europe a lot more uh, conducive for touring, especially for free music. Absolutely. So you get on that road? Uh, later, I just um, started more like just hanging out with those guys and uh, recording. And then much later came like all that touring, lots and lots. But I would go back and forth between Germany and New York and then. Okay, so you didn't do expat. You were like two, a duo, two for. Two totally, for like. Five months there, two months there, cross-pollinating, all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, what, what was the makeup of that band? Uh, trio, quartet, what, what? Super loose and still is. It's constantly evolving. Oh, okay. and it, I think it's longevity happening? has to do with the fact that it's, uh, you know, it's fluid. People come, people go. Right. Does it have a core? Exactly. Well, there's like uh, one or two people who have been there like a super long time. Okay. Um, and, you know, it's like a, at its best, it's like a soft dictatorship kind of thing, but still <laughs> very best. open. What's it like at its worst? Chaos. Total yeah. fucking chaos. That's the opposite of, well, maybe it is an opposite of dictatorship. Because dictators, <gasps> no, it seems dictators like chaos. They can thrive on that shit. Yeah, well, they also like control, right? Well, that's how they get it, by having a situation, in, yeah. Wow, it's a dangling duality, ain't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ain't that a trick? But uh, uh, and, and we're kind of talking politics, but it's actual music, human relations. This is why Shakespeare never gets old, huh? You have technology, <laughs> but it doesn't matter because humans still do the same shit to each other. Totally. Criminy. Yeah, the the promise of stability, right? Yeah, or the taunt. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, we're at the end of the first hour, September 27. No, it ain't. It's 28. No, it ain't. Yeah, but I wrote it wrong on the playlist, so I'm glad I said that. Because <laughs> I got to correct that fucking match you got. Uh, <laughs> Lubelski, special guest. Samara, sup, <laughs> You'll get it, man. <laughs> Hold tight for hour two. September 28, 2021, it's the second hour of Watch Pedro Show.
Rock for Pedro show start off the second hour. Bill Nace, there's the connect man, brother Bill. <laughs> Lebelski. And this was a, uh, I guess, a duet thing. And then yep. Ben Salter after that from Tasmania with release Red Cap, brand new proj out of the borough of Brooklyn. Tony Mamoni, Studio G, love. Uh, Peru basement. Love Tony. And uh, he's got a new proj called Red Cat, and this is the tale. Then uh, Varam's De Limbo out of Brazil. Brand new album, Error. is the song. Errol, sorry. Leminski. And then finally, Sister Silver. And this is Solo You. Yeah, but I mean, with uh, backup. Yeah, but you were the rudder lady, uh, the shot caller. You got it. Yeah. Okay. We just piece out the work. Fuck that hierarchy, man. <laughs> okay. So, uh, what, what's what's this teach you about going back and before? I mean, because you're in this productive uh, music situation in Germany, and then you come back into Germany. Do you fucking poison and, and uh, spread that kind of thing? And maybe Absolutely. try and be an alternative to fucking hard drogas? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that's when I uh, kind of like uh, things start up with Hall of Fame at that point with uh, Theo Angel and Dan Brown. And it's my New York version of what I was experiencing over in Germany and also like meet up with the tower recordings at that time. And it's just like it's kind of one mind meld approach and think. With you everyone think else. Do you think it was what? you that brought it or were those two guys ready? Both. OK. Both. Yeah. Um, you know, I, 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 oh, I like wanted a like a work song. I'm the antenna, send information. You, you, you need, you need a receiver. If you're going to transmit, you need a receiver. Transmit, Absolutely. Yeah. You can just transmit like SETI program. Right. But if you got a receptor, yeah. And those two cats were there at the right time, the right moment. Also, uh, do you ever get this feeling like, especially like with record collectors, like they're all kind of listening to the same stuff and arriving at the same place at the same time because they're all into the same stuff. So, like, all of a sudden, everyone at a, you know, in a certain decade is talking about Noi and this great new band they've heard or something like that. Man, maybe it's desperate search for common ground. So let's let invent it on, yeah. on some platitude. On the other hand, then the, you get the contrarian. What's the Groucho Marx so song? Whatever before, I'm against it. Yeah, I mean, it's an animal crappers or one of those fucking thing. Uh, horse feathers. Where is he? Professor Wagstaff. <laughs> what a name, huh? <laughs> uh, but you're right about that. It, and sometimes it's fucking happening, right? Because it it's, it's, could be the fucking beginnings, foundations of a community, right? But in other yeah. ways, it's, it could be a prison. And uh, some kind of, what, 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 are, what are these right-wingers... Uh, um, a group think, a hive mind or something. Yeah, Even yeah. They do, like, this, they do the same fucking shit. <laughs> for sure. I mean, I think it's more of like a seeking kind of thing. Like if you're looking hard enough, you're going to find. Right. You become kind of a magnet? I hope so. I mean... <laughs> I mean, it, uh, uh, metaphor, metaphor. Yeah, of course. You know, inevitably in a place like New York, if, if you're looking hard enough and you're like open, you're going to find people with like minds and it's just going to be like that great gelling of uh, information and knowledge. Yeah, but you're 
a real New Yorker. <laughs> this it, is true. But most of these people, and I'm not saying it's wrong, because in a way, we talk about a, uh, an idea uh, magnet or something to draw people from everywhere. That's what really is one of the most interesting things I've, I found about that town. It draws people that no other town does. I agree, yeah. But, you know, also like the, the New York I grew up in was pretty different. You know, it's like uh, kind of idealistic hippies down in Soho in the 70s. My father was an artist and we lived in a massive loft uh, that was a factory like before we moved in and was all self-built and, um, you know, kind of different time. With People were super positive and all that about possibilities for change. Right, right. Now more pessimistic, cynical, pessimistic. Uh, just different. Also, I mean, when I saw punk coming and that whole attitude, I was just like, yeah, bring it on. You know, I was kind of like done with, uh, you know, a certain kind of openness. I don't know how else to put it. <laughs> well, for me, my theory is it was anti-arena rock. Uh, no, in yes. our situation, it definitely was. We knew nothing about clubs. We weren't going to clubs at 15 like you. We didn't well, know about him to the fucking movement. I could have saw Stooges in the fucking 70s at the Whiskey. But we had no idea. We thought all the gigs were at the Forum or at the, you know, it was bullshit. Nuremberg Rally shit. Look, you gave me the Snowy Meadows 2. We don't have Snowy Meadows 1. But people, you're going to have to use your imagination. <laughs> Thank you. 
Black for Pedro show start uh, that chunk of music off of Snowy Meadows 2. Yeah, Come from on. the Parallel Suns LP. Okay, but another solo. Yeah. Uh, what would Thirst say? Joint. <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't even say, with smoking and shit, we would call it a lanyo, huh? Over here. Wow. Yeah, yeah, like a little piece of rope or some shit, slang. Up Around the Sun, Tim, Tim uh, um, Kerr from the Big Boys has a new project in Austin there. Uh, Fate of the Dance, then Sun Watchers, Ta, the El Dowd. I think that these guys are Manhattan people, and they uh, did project with the North Carolina guy, uh, Dr. Eugene Chadbourne. Ah, Sun Watchers, Brooklyn man. Okay, Brooklyn man, okay. I was kind of close. Sons after that, with two U's. Go to my head, and then metabolismus. These are the metabolismus. Yeah, these are the Deutschers, right? Uh, you got it. Uh, Somnia. Somnia. Do you still play with them? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh wow. Okay, that that's bitching, man. When you got something that long going, man, and you say it's because <laughs> it is loose enough, it can be dynamic and roll with the punches, I guess. Exactly, evolving constantly. So. Uh, the way I met you was in Thirst Band. Yeah. How'd you meet him? Uh, I think, you know, of course I'd seen Sonic Youth as a kiddo. Um, seen them performing like Peppermint Lounge and Dance Terrier, that kind of thing. Um, but really first met him, I think, was when Envy and EE were on the Ecstatic Peace label. And uh, I was Coley. playing with them. So you knew Byron Coley? Yeah, for sure. Okay, so you Amazing guys, cat. You, you guys end up on the same bill. And, uh, oh, he, he chooses you, right? Yeah, yeah. He sees me playing with MV and EE. And, uh, yeah, it's, I was playing bass, and we had just done their, his ATP, that amazing ATP, actually, in England. And, uh, but this one, is man, back in New York. And I, <laughs> what's that? Which one? Because there was buttloads. No, the really great one, The Nightmare Before Christmas, where you guys played. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, okay. Gang of Four. You know, all the Americans were there, you know. No Neck Blues Band, uh, Double Leopard, Sun City Girls, the real mind blower, Wolf Eyes, all of it. Was Flipper at that? Uh, I can't remember. I don't, I can't remember. I don't think so. And, and it was I, the one... Uh, Chamber Sands or Minehead? I can't answer that question. <laughs> That's okay. Tell me about the first time you played with Thirst, like the first Pratt. Uh, I wish I could remember, but I don't. But I do remember that when uh, after I played with MV and E, I went to talk to someone. I came back, and he's sitting there with my bass, playing my bass, oh, you man. know, in the seat. And I was just like, without asking, and I was right, like, Right, it's a bum rush. I think he's stealing my mojo. <laughs> um, but he had a record that he wanted to do um, all written, and he uh, he wanted me to do violin parts for it. So that was that was then what followed. Did he have Keith and John yet? No, this was way before. It was just me. It was this is the Trees Outside the Academy record. So it's just me and Steve Shelley and Thurston tracking. And then overdubs with, uh, I think, Jay and Christina Carter and probably a couple of other people as well. And, and, and working with them 
early on? Awesome. It was really easy? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. You know, really like freehand, like just do your thing. You know, he'd give for every record I did with him at one point, he'd make one small suggestion. Can you double something usually? And uh, just so I'd remember who was boss, you know, but, but and the process, other, other words. <laughs> was the process usually like, here's what I'm playing now. What do you what do you, what do you think? What do you want? Yeah, to yeah. Yeah. He'd give me the tracks. I'd write my own parts and like uh, he'd hear them in the studio and he was always down. Never, never a problem. And always so, yeah, into it. And that's important, right? To have the vibe, have the morale up. Absolutely. You know, you want to think you were asked because he wants what you've got to offer. You know, there's there's tons of better violin players if you want to tell them what you want, you know. But, Some of them uh, violin players can only do that. They can't improvise at all. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but, I got I to say that's changing, though. There's so many, and it's almost all ladies in New York right now who are just flying. It's nuts. That's bitching. You know, somebody can play their ass off, but you got to have uh, the instructions in front of them. It just blows my mind, you know. Oh, but I've know. seen it. I've seen it. Uh, look, we're at I the end of the uh, second hour, September 28, 2021, Dish Wap Pedro Show. Hold tight, fire free! September 28, 2021, it's the third hour, Wap Pedro Show. Thank you. 
Bob used to hang out at uh, Mojo Guitars on St. Mark's, and uh, we would just walk in and gape. And what? Just gape, our mouths hanging open. Oh, oh yeah, I understand. Gape. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about Bob Quine, people. Had a huge effect on D. Boone. He, that back in the first uh, Richard Hell album, uh, D. Boone got a Stratcaster. It looked like it was because he liked the way he was playing. Ivan, too. Yeah. Ivan, great, great guitar man. And and then the idea of a bass player writing the songs and leading the band. And Crazy. Good drums, too. Uh, <laughs> the only record mark he's on, he went to the Ramones after that. Uh, we start third hour with waves of stations. Hall of, and this is Hall of Fame, so we can get more into that. Leaves will bloom long after we are gone, planning for a funeral out of Pennsylvania. And then uh, VF from Hall of Fame. So you started to say a little about Hall of Fame. Is it it's still ongoing? No, we uh, we did our four records and uh, a couple singles and some touring and called it a day. What do you know when a band is finished? Um, you don't want to play. You're not having that feeling of like, I can't fucking wait to play anymore. You're just like, I don't want to do it. You don't have that feeling, that joy and that great, great desire. Where um, with, uh, metabolism, metabolism, <laughs> yeah, where you can get away and maybe the battery recharges or exactly different members come in and okay. Okay. So the same exactly. old, same old gets tired of being the same old same i understand i understand yeah you yeah. know it uh but you know i dig this shit you guys did fuck yeah what was, I mean, the, what was Paul, the process were you uh bringing in the material or was it a collab it all it originally started with uh us just like sitting in the bedroom that style and just playing constantly and recording everything on four track and editing out the bits we liked maybe doing overdubs, but over the course of the records, um, all three members started writing. So that would like slip in every once in a while as well. And then by the fourth record, almost everything was written. Almost. There was still some like loose improv stuff. Okay. Look, you started to say something at the end of the last hour about this idea of classical musicians not being able to improvise it. And you say that's changing, especially with the ladies in New York city. Oh, um, you know, it's different. I think people are getting educated a little bit more differently. I mean, strictly classically trained people still. And I think you're the one who said it, actually. But I think the classically trained people can't get off the, the page. But there's like, keep meeting people who are like, yeah, I went to this jazz program. And now they're, they're playing, you know, weird, dirty rock with someone. And, you know, they're bringing their training to the table. But they're They've got this whole other mentality going on than the people I grew up with. You mean, Way more open. Yeah, I mean, learning other ways to do it, right? Totally. I'm not saying that other way is wrong. I'm just, just saying, different. Just to, yeah, but to have that your only option—that that's what I was saying—that kind of tripped me out. Because you yeah. think that, that having the command of the instrument to execute those things off the paper that they couldn't hook that same process up to a creative imagination in their head. And what you were saying kind of gave me the geo that maybe it's getting like that. I, I don't know. What do you think about institutional learning? And like anything else, it's what you get out of it is what you put in it, right? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I quit my classical studies when I was 16 or something, but it gave me like a foundation that's super helpful, especially when playing rock. Because, like, uh, rock musicians don't know how to, to how to play. 
It's a different approach. And if you've got your skill, you can kind of like just jump right in there. Of course, the rock thing is all about like energy and, and uh, bringing a different kind of, I don't know, force to the thing um, and, and ways of thinking. But it helped me to have that skill set behind me, like a solid background. Um, but I also had to do a lot of unlearning when I first started playing with, with bands. Yeah, loosen yeah. up, loosen yeah. up, loosen up the mind. Look, rock and rollers have to loosen up too because they learn that one thing. I got a buddy right now who's trying to get free. Yeah, he learned all those shtick, you know, things to deliver the good time, but he wants to get beyond. And music is music. Yeah. Right, okay. Uh, here's another uh, duet with Marsha Bassett. Yep. Okay. Oh, you said it right. Yeah. Did, did I? Yes, you did. You nailed it. Okay. Sometimes, you know, I'm lucky. <laughs>
thanks um, again for having, us. having the space.
for this edition. Live at Indexical. Samara? Samara. <laughs> oh, fucking, I'm an idiot. I got to think of like, you're wearing chonies. Samara. You wear. You don't war. You wear. You wear your chonies. Samara. Lebelski and Marsha Bassett with... Uh, yeah, it's untitled because it was what, some freeform, uh, probably improv, right, Jam? Totally. That was live in uh, San Diego, actually. Wow, I don't know. No, that. no, no, no. Sorry, Santa Cruz. Cruz. Yeah, only yeah. about 500 miles difference. <laughs> Go <laughs> California. Sorry, Still I-5. Well, they're on Cali 17. <laughs> You're wrong again, Why? And then we had a brand new, well, it ain't brand new, it's a few months old, but uh, Harvey in uh, Cleveland, no, Akron, huh? Uh, Golems of the Red Planet with Hadriel. I guess it's the name of one of the angels, huh? Uh, the Spiral Spins, finally. Samara. Lubelski. Ah, oh, you got it. Yeah. Uh, that chony thing, you know. I, I don't wear my chonies. I wear them. That, what's, what's that called? A, uh, a, a mnemonic device? No, no. It's a phonetic device. Huh? Okay. Pneumatic is where you use the letters to like be an acronym for some Eli the Iceman. I, I remember electronics class to know how uh, that shit works. Or, or here's an easy one: uh, Ohm's law, right? Pi. Power equals current times voltage. So, wow. Anyway, I'm, I'm I'm using that trick. Yeah, and I've had to use that shit on bass and stuff. So you were talking about getting the fundamentals? Yeah, that's uh, that's happening. Like this uh, rock and roller I'm telling you about. He's trying to learn more. I said, yeah. first, you got to know the name of every note on your neck. Do that helps. first. Right? It helps. <laughs> it helps. You know what's funny, though? At the end of the day, the stuff comes out of the speaker. And like that Wizard of Oz, man, you know, pay no attention to that man by, or person behind that curse, right? You don't know how it's made. Exactly. So, yeah. What about Doesn't, cats? What about cats who use tape recorders as instruments? Amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. It's all cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you. That's that's liberal to a degree. <laughs> yeah. Hey, do you remember you told me a story about you were working with uh, in the studio, and Iggy told you to just play play less notes to dumb it down. I don't know if he said dumb it down, but uh, find the right notes and you know, and just stick with it. There's something about that because with the bass and you operate one, so you kind of know. Our wavelengths are so big, so if we play too many notes, we actually get littler and littler. So it's always a hunt for the right notes, mm. not the most yeah. notes. And so yeah, that's what absolutely. I think he wanted, was the right notes. And he knows that, you know, I got this philosophy about econo. So I think he was trying to point me that way. Oh, to, great. But, well but, said. But, but, but also, him being a drummer man, all the machinery operators in a band, they got to aid and abet to serve the tune. Yes. I love always. that direction he gave me. Always. Always. And, yeah. And likewise, you got that sensibility. Yeah. I mean, if you're writing, you know, it's it's the song that comes first, of course. You know, improv, totally something different. I feel like it's the kind of something else that comes first, but I'm not exactly sure what that is. Nell says listening. <laughs> yeah. And also, but like this deep intuition thing. You oh, know? yeah. Yeah, right, right, right. We have you don't want to stay on the surface. You want to go very deep we have in the terms skill of your engagement. The, we have the skill on the bass when you're recording, especially if the other shit ain't there. It's called working the holes. you got to, like, pretend to know where dudes might want to come in. 
Totally. It's that's a big it's a big deal. Like crafting the space is huge. Absolutely. I, I, I totally agree. God, I wish I could talk to you for fucking 50 years about this Aww. stuff because it means a lot. But we ran out of time. What's your next plan? Uh, I'm going to Germany in November. I'm going to meet up with those uh, metabolismus cats. And you're going to record? Definitely, yeah, for sure. You. Well, look, you get a batch of another stuff. And I know you got your, your, you're going with uh, Spencer Herbst and stuff uh, with that duet. Hey, come back on the show so we can rap about that and then these other trippy music questions, uh, ideas, topics. I would love to. Pleasure talking to you, Matt. Merit's the best. Oh. Did I get right? <laughs> you did. You nailed it, man. <laughs> yeah, 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 but, uh, people, it's been the September 28, 2021 edition. What, Peter, shall keep your powder dry.